Does your retirement portfolio pass or fail? How do you match up against others? Find out on The Final Grade with Ron DeLegge. Well, coming up on today's program, I'll be doing a portfolio report card for WH in California. Now, this is a married couple. They've got a $236,000 retirement account. They asked me to analyze and grade it, and it's self-managed. Does their investment portfolio pass or fail? Well, we're about to find out. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Ron DeLegge, founder of ETF Guide and inventor of the Portfolio Report Card. This is a weekly show where I diagnose your investment portfolios. You get to see how you're investing along with your peers. What are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? And what can I do to help you improve? Now, before we get into WH's Portfolio Report Card and all the intimate details of what they own and how they're investing... I don't know if you saw it, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, if you, in case you missed it, just crossed an impressive 30,000 points. Did you see this? Because it was pretty amazing the first time ever, uh, and it made the cover of the Wall Street Journal. So congratulations, Bulls. You've done it again, and no less during the midst of a global pandemic. Who besides nobody saw this coming? So Dow 30,000 is an arbitrary number that means little to you and me. I mean, it's just like Dow 20,000 or NASDAQ 10,000 or whatever round number you want to make it. It doesn't really tell you or me if your investment portfolio is well built or not. It's probable that a good many of you watching and other unsuspecting investors are indeed swimming naked. In other words, you're taking ungodly amount of risk with your portfolio being fully invested. Maybe you're using margin or too much leverage and you're swimming naked. And eventually when that tide rolls in, which it always does, uh, we're going to see who's been swimming naked and hopefully it's not you. One final point about the, the Dow Industrials is that it's not really an accurate portrait of the total U.S. stock market because it misses exposure to mid caps as well as small caps. Also, uh, if it lacks that industry sector depth and diversification that other benchmarks like the Russell 3000 and S&P 1500 have, yes, there's an S&P 1500, which includes the S&P 500, which we all know, plus the S&P mid-cap 400 and the S&P small-cap 600. And so when you add it all up, you come up with the S&P 1500 which is designed to give you a bigger picture view of the total U.S. stock market. So if anything, Dow 30,000 should just cause us all to revisit our investment portfolio's design to make sure that we're able to handle not just favorable market climates like right now, but also unfavorable climates, markets that may be neutral or trending lower. My eight steps for profitable investing include cut your cost, minimize your risk, reduce taxes, be organized, seek diversification, manage your behavior, maximize performance. And then, of course, what we're going to do on today's show is we monitor and measure your investment results using this wonderful tool that I invented, the Portfolio Report Card, which is a one-page report that you get that exactly diagnoses the portfolio strength and weaknesses in five to seven key categories. 
So for this particular portfolio report card for WH, I'm going to analyze this portfolio in uh, seven key areas. And we'll get into those areas one by one. Just to give you some background on WH, they've got 236000 and change in their retirement portfolio. He's 56. She's 53. He's a contractor, self-employed. She's a retired educator. And they self-manage their portfolio. They call themselves moderate risk takers when I ask them to describe themselves a little bit. And they've got uh, a defined contribution plan, a 403B plan, and then an IRA that's his. I'm not going to be grading the IRA today. We're just going to focus on the uh, defined contribution plan and the 403B. In terms of their concerns, reducing taxes, minimizing any hidden potential risk that they're missing and eliminating that. And uh, they want to retire in 10 to 12 years. And for retirement income, they plan on using uh, some of the money that they've saved in these retirement accounts plus rental income. Uh, she's got a pension and then they're going to get some Social Security income and they're going to put all that together and that's what they're going to live on once they retire. So taking a look at WH's overall portfolio, uh, they got seven mutual funds. Uh, the bulk of that money is concentrated in three areas, U.S. large cap growth and then U.S. large cap blend. Blend is kind of in the middle of growth and value and includes all those stocks. Then they've got a UC Pathway 2030, what we call a target date fund, 2030 being the retirement, the target date or projected date. And so those are the three top holdings. I should mention that these are not, these funds that they own are specific to University of California employees. So there's no a ticker symbol. These are UC-focused uh, investments. They're mostly index-based types of uh, investments in this portfolio. They're, they're at least the ones that WH owns are all index-based. And then they've also got some exposure there to bonds, emerging markets, developed international stocks, and real estate. So that rounds out their holdings. Let's look at the first grading category, which is cost. And the whole idea here, the whole objective, at least one of them, to maximize performance is we must minimize or reduce investment costs to the greatest degree possible. Now, when you own funds, whether that's ETFs or mutual funds, there's something called an expense ratio. And that's an ongoing cost that you pay as long as you own that fund. And WH's asset-weighted expenses in their, their mutual funds is just 0.40% or four basis points which is just $95 annually. This is on a $236,000 portfolio. This is tremendous. WH, you're doing a great job in terms of minimizing costs. This is a lot less than the benchmark. Um, so great job. Next grading category is diversification. And the whole idea with diversification is to obtain a broad exposure to the five major asset classes, which are stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, and cash. And you also want to avoid things like uh, overlapping positions where you own too much of the same thing. And uh, the whole idea there is to, to make sure that your holdings are complementary. Now, in terms of diversification, uh, WH has almost 80% exposure to stocks, 19% to bonds, none to commodities, and then 1% to real estate and cash. That's their overall diversification. And I would say... 
Um, it could use some help. It's a little bit top heavy when uh, we look at it, uh, top heavy towards equities or stocks and um, not much exposure there uh, to cash or real estate. So, um, and of course, no representation at all the commodities. So it misses that major asset class. So a little bit of work to do in terms of diversification. Um, for WH. In terms of risk, that's the next grading category. And we want to always see a portfolio that has risk character that perfectly aligns the risk profile of the investor, right? There should be a congruency there. And um, so the other thing too uh, that I think is important is a portfolio should have an adequate cushion or margin of safety. And of course, as we near retirement or get into retirement, that cushion or margin of safety should obviously be uh, a little bit larger than those that are still in the accumulation phase of their overall investment plan. So WH's asset mix, as we discussed earlier with diversification, this is what it is, mostly invested in stocks. Those big positions in the large cap growth and large cap blend, and then the, the smaller positions in the developed and emerging market stocks, that's okay. They do miss some exposure, I forgot to mention, to those mid caps and smaller cap stocks, so that's a little bit lacking, but not much of a cushion. You know, 1% cash, um, I'd like to see a little bit more of a margin of safety, and that will buffer them during times of turbulent markets, markets that are crashing or going down, that will also give them the flexibility to to maybe buy some of those assets when they go on sale. And so uh, with a 1% cash position, there's not much flexibility. You're pretty much fully invested, uh, as you can see. So this 80% exposure to stocks, that's a little bit, like I said, a little bit top heavy. Remember, they're moderate uh, or conservative investors, this is a little bit on the more aggressive side uh, for um, how they describe themselves. And of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, having a little bit larger um, margin of safety would certainly help them. Now, in terms of taxes, this is a very important grading category. And let's talk about asset positioning. So WH's assets are allocated in the following buckets. And let's take a look at that. Um, they've got 40000 in their taxable account and then two ninety in the tax deferred. And look at this, 0% in the tax-free, which is the Roth IRA and Roth 401k. So this overall portfolio is very heavily concentrated in taxable and tax-deferred, which are those two areas that are most vulnerable to higher tax rates in the future. Now, it's it's also worth mentioning that she gets a pension, which pays her around $17,000 annually. It does have cost of living adjustments. She's 53. So that's going to increase over time. That, that pension payment is going to get larger. And so we add that figure to her Social Security and his Social Security, plus the income from their rentals, and RMDs, which come due at age 72, this is going to create a lot of income. And it's also going to mean that there's probably, if they don't make some changes, there's probably going to be some taxes on Social Security, which is what we want to avoid. And the time to avoid that is right now by repositioning assets 
into the tax-free zone, getting it away from taxable and tax-deferred, well, that taxable, actually, that's probably okay because they need a, a, a at least a six-month emergency income there. But the tax-deferred, shifting that money into tax-free, doing some Roth conversions, and also redirecting future contributions into things like Roth IRA and perhaps even Roth 401k. So these are some things that will help them to reduce um, not just current taxes, but also future taxes. So I see a lot of work in the tax uh, tax department. Now, in terms of performance, um, this is how they did over the past year. And, And remember, the portfolio report card is just a snapshot of your portfolio's performance. It doesn't go back, you know, five years or 10 years. We just want to get a quick snapshot of where you're at at this particular moment in time. It tells us exactly in a very quick way how you're doing. So going back the past year, this portfolio gained almost 22%, which was 8% better than the benchmark over the past year. That's tremendous. Great job, WH. So the investment positioning is correct. Now what we want to do is get the asset positioning correct. And those are two different things, right? The asset positioning helps with minimizing things like taxes um, in terms of distributions later on during retirement, also taxes on Social Security. So they're doing good on the investment positioning. Next category is behavior. And I didn't see any evidence of any behavioral problems that are negatively impacting um, WH. I mean, Benjamin Graham, investing great, he once said that the investor's worst enemy is likely to be himself. So it's important to protect ourselves against counterproductive behavior, things like trying to time the market or using excessive leverage uh, or premature retirement plan distributions, all these things and there's there's a few more, but I didn't see any evidence of any negative behavioral attributes that, that are holding WH back. So good job in terms of behavior. Keep it up. In terms of organization, and this is our last grading category, I want to see investment portfolios that have up-to-date beneficiary data. I also want to see portfolios that aren't scattered in all these different places that make it hard to manage the money. So they're not doing that. Beneficiary data is up to date. The one thing they can improve on, though, is having a written investment policy statement. Now, this is something up to now, all these portfolio report cards that I've done for this show, I haven't seen one investor yet that has a written investment policy statement, and that's problematic. Remember, your investment policy statement is your GPS. It keeps you on track. It tells you what your target asset allocation should be what types of investments you'll use to reach your goals. It indicates uh, acceptable levels of risk. All these things are described in your investment policy statement. And and it really is so crucial to keeping you on track and keeping you grounded. So that's the one shortcoming I saw in terms of organization. So the question is, what's the final grade for WH? Well, the final grade is a B minus, which is a good score. Uh, I saw some portfolio weaknesses, nevertheless, in terms of risk and taxes. There's work to be done there. Portfolio strengths, performance was lights out. Diversification was pretty good. They missed some exposure to commodities, 
a little bit low on the exposure to real estate and cash, but nevertheless, they still had exposure to those areas in very minimal increments. Behavior was great. I didn't see any um, counterproductive type of behavior that would um, hinder performance. But WH definitely needs to get their risk in line with how they've described themselves as investors. This is a little bit more on the aggressive side, the portfolio with 80% exposure to, to equities. They describe themselves as conservative. So I think there's some work to do in terms of uh, getting the risk better aligned with who they really are. And then adding that written investment policy statement to the mix. So there's some homework for WH to do. And I think if they take these steps that uh, that we're discussing right now, I think they're going to see some improvement um, in their future grade. And remember, remember that this first portfolio report card is always what we call a baseline score, right? Because from this point forward, when I regrade WH's portfolio, they got a B minus. But in the future, hopefully they're going to get an A. And if they get an A, that means that they've made progress, right? Because they've gone from B minus to A. On the other hand, if they go from B minus to B minus, they haven't made any progress. If they go from B minus to C, which I hope doesn't happen, that means they've digressed. So the portfolio report card is a continual process with the idea of making sure that your portfolio stays on track. I analyze and grade all types of investment portfolios IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, 403b at held at these institutions and many more. I grade your portfolio in five to seven key categories, including cost, risk, taxes, diversification, performance, behavior, and organization. You get an A, B, C, D, or F. Hopefully nobody gets an F, but uh, if you do, that means you need some, some serious work, a total remodeling of your portfolio. And um, that's it. To get started, go to PortfolioReportCard.com. I would love to analyze and grade your portfolio. And if you'd like me to, to help you find the strengths and the weaknesses, maybe you're concerned about some hidden things that you think you're missing, or maybe you've got an advisor who um, you're not so sure that they're executing properly, or perhaps you feel like they might be overcharging you. Well, the way to identify that and find out what the exact issue is, is to do a full-blown diagnosis as I do with the portfolio report card. Well, you learned a lot on today's show, and I am so glad that you were able to join us. Um, be sure to tune into the show every week and also subscribe uh, below. Hit us with some comments. Subscribe to ETF Guide TV. Don't be a stranger and uh, let us know how you've been enjoying the show. Also, be sure to check out our other episodes, hashtag ETF Battles. That's another popular show that we publish every week. I'm Ron DeLegge with ETF Guide TV. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time. Does your retirement portfolio pass or fail? How do you match up against others? Find out on The Final Grade with Ron DeLegge.
No part of the final grade with Ronda Leggy may be copied, altered, or redistributed without the expressed written consent of its producers. The show should not be construed as legal, financial, or tax advice, nor is it an offer to buy or sell security. Portfolio report card is not a guarantee against market losses or warranty of investment results of any kind. Some of the guest names have been changed to protect identities. Go to PortfolioReportCard.com to learn more.